TikTok, TikTok, motherfuckers. And just as I'm saying TikTok, it's TikTok for this set too, so. <laughs> What's gonna happen at the end? Everybody, I think it's gonna be like the Warriors, you know, here. How everybody now loves the Warriors. You ask him like, who plays for the Warriors? And they're like, I don't know. <laughs> like, what the fuck, dude? Fuck. I think that when, at the end com when the end comes, everybody's gonna bandwagon, everybody's gonna be like, oh, actually, Actually, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with the team, you know? <laughs> Everybody's got a bandwagon. Anyhow, that's my time. Give it up for your host. Yeah, right, yeah. You could catch Elio Ponte on an episode of Ancient Aliens, the first comedians, y'all. We appreciate him coming back, spitting some knowledge and stuff. We're down to our last uh, comic right now, unless there's a random challenger, unless someone puts a quarter into the whole machine and stuff. But otherwise... We're gonna keep this machine going with uh, this guy. I oh, man, this guy's becoming a living legend. Everyone, please give it up for Mark Neuer. Yeah, bro, I'm a fucking living legend. Make it louder for me. I'm fucking awesome. I'm uh, completely amazing. There he is. I was wondering where you were at. I was like, fuck, I was worried. I was like, fuck, dude, what's going on? Okay, cool. I'm doing, I'm gonna try and do a set. I just got up here if you were wondering. If you're like, oh man, did I miss all the funny? Nope, it's still coming, man. Hasn't even started. Cool. You know, Mutiny has a open mic here Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. It's fucking crazy. I'm broke. <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude. I'm about to ask Pam for a fucking five spot. Like, damn. I thought I was hella slick. I gave her a five in the studio the other day. Friday, you know, and then I was like, oh shit. So I wake up on Sunday, I'm like, oh, or Saturday, I'm like, oh shit, there's a, there's a mic today too. <laughs> Throw four bucks in there, you know, I think I'm being cool. I wake up today, we're gonna go see a movie. And I look at the movie times, nothing starts till six. I was like, well, let's see what's going on bacon tonight, you know, because I know there's all the late mics. I fucking, this is so new. It's like, oh shit, there's one a day too. And I fucking, <laughs> I woke up with $5 today. I was like, what the fuck happened to my life? <laughs> If you're wondering, yes, that makes my weekly income $23. Yes. Yes, it does. Don't fucking judge me. <laughs> but I did buy Jewel Pods today. It was either that or two packs of cigarettes. So, what with the Jewel Pods, you know? Coughing up bloody loogies. It's just not the jam, you know? It's not my jam. It may be your jam. It may be the thing that you get down with. It's just not. So I thought, what better time than now to do a scientific study? <laughs> you know? So I took a little cup, spit my loogies in there now, seeing the ratio, what's phlegm, what's actual, uh, an actual, like, real problem, the blood, you know? We're looking at the difference here. I've been spitting it so often, man. I have like a cup. It's like a, like I'm dipping. This is gross, right? It's disgusting. Get past that. It's going to get worse from here. Cool. <laughs> Good. Uh, you know, it's, it's getting there. It's getting there pretty, pretty big on that cup. You know, it's pretty, it's a thick cup. You know, we're sitting there. I have this cup all the time. You know, my girlfriend is sitting there. We're, we're, we're eating in and out or milkshakes, I have my cup. She went to reach for a milkshake, but she went to reach for my cup instead. <laughs> and when she realized, she made this look, 
it was very similar to but a, a, the noise you made but a look instead it was like a kind of look when she realized and I was like what you don't want my lo my bloody loogie milkshake that's gonna be tremendous I thought that's what that was a really lo a lot for that punchline I was a lot for that punchline <laughs> you thought there was none it's there it was there that's an old really old joke I've been coughing up blood for a long time for a long time three packs a day will do that to you so I'm 23 that should be funny <laughs> because I'm, I'm coughing up blood, so that should be funny. But anyways, we're getting past that. I'm 23. My last name is Neuer. My name is Mark Neuer. It took me 23 years to find out that Neuer in French means drowning, which is convenient because that's what I'm doing in debt. It's great. It's like it's written in my stars, you know? It also means, uh, it also means walnuts in, in French, which makes me believe that conversations in France... <laughs> must be really entertaining to listen to. Yeah, not to actually be engaged, but just like, like just half ear hustling a conversation. They say Neuer, they're like, was he drowning or is he walnuts? I don't understand what's going on here. Who's? <laughs> uh, my middle name's William, so I could remix my name to be Willie Walnuts <laughs> for the rest of my life. I think that's fantastic. He's like, he's, he's fired up about that. Yeah, I agree, dude. I'm fucking stoked. I'm fucking stoked. Yeah, it's like Willy Wonka's porn name, dude. It's fucking like, it's, no, right? It's tremendous. Jesus Christ, dude. We're fired up by my material. I need to sit down. My legs are hurting. So listen, could you imagine the porn for Willy Wonka? Hold on, <laughs> that's a lot. Could you just imagine the por could you just imagine the porn music? Just listen about the porn music for a second. Like, come with me, and you'll be in a world of impure masturbation. And then you see the Oompa Loompas getting fist fucked in the background. You know, the children dying. It's amazing. Did I lose you. I lost you. <laughs> It's like, it's like people never saw the movie. They hear that part of the bit, and they're like, where the children come from? I don't know. It's like the whole yeah. premise and punchline of the movie. The children come, and they die. It's, that is the movie. How would I not include that in my porno? I'm not saying they're getting fucked. That's terrible. That's like, <laughs> that's horrible, right? That's, no, no kids are fucked in that movie. It got a little weird at one point, right? Willy Wonka has that look in his eye, looking at Charlie. Charlie's looking at him. It's weird. It's a little weird, but no, no children were fucked in the making of that movie. I, is there a documentary? No? Where, where's the, I've never seen any allegations. I don't know. I don't know. But in my porn, they don't get fucked. I can tell you that. I directed it. They just die, you know? Normal stuff. I, uh, I'm from the 209. Do you know where that's at? Cool. It's by yeah. It is in California. It's by it's by it's like in between Stockton and Modesto. Yeah, I had a dude. Uh, I had a dude come up to me after a show. And he told me. Uh, he's, I I know I've known Modesto. I've been to Modesto. I went to rehab in Modesto. <laughs> you don't know why that's funny. It's funny because all there is out there is like is 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 drugs. Right. right. It, it, you can go. You could go anywhere for rehab. You go anywhere for rehab. He went to, that's like going, that's like going to the Neverland Ranch to stop fucking kids. That's what that's, that's exactly what that's like. 
You're just gonna be looking out the window just like, I wanna be them. <laughs> I wanna be them so bad, you know? Fuck. All right, cool. A lot of, lot of kid fucking in the middle of the set. Um, my, <laughs> we'll go right into getting shit on. How about that? I got shit on by a bird. In Turkey, getting shit on by a bird is good luck. I got shit on by a bird. My truck got towed. Obviously not Turkish. <laughs> no 23 of me needed. I am not Turkish. Not at all. I'm glad my truck got towed because now I don't have to worry about it getting towed anymore <laughs> because it's towed already. Shit's gone. You ever lived in a vehicle before? Cool. I have. I lived in that big bitch. It was a big ass SUV. I lived in it and I had these big tubs these big tubs that I put all my dirty clothes in, because if you don't know, uh, you could barely even find an apartment in San Francisco with a washer and dryer. Have fun finding a fucking SUV with a washer and dryer. You know what I mean? Like, I needed a tub for my shit. That was off the top. Just want to let you know, and Warhol Coppin, that was a riff, that part right here, all this riff. <laughs> killing it. Just want to let everybody know, in case you were wondering, Anthony Medina, killing it. They towed the shit. And I have not gone to collect any of my items out of it, including those three big-ass, disgusting tubs of my underwear <laughs> and my homeless-ass socks and all the cum rags. Oh, my God, the cum rags. Oh, my God, the cum rags. The towels. Oh, the towel cum rags. Oh, my God. Someone's going to open those tubs. <laughs> it's not going to be me. It's not going to be me. And I, I pray to God it's that piece of shit who told, dropped his yearly, annually income to tow my shit. The tow truck driver. I hope. Oh, I hope. No, I got goals. I don't dream. <laughs> told that to my girlfriend today. <laughs> All right, cool. My name is Mark Neuer. I hope you guys have a great night. And uh, donate because I couldn't. About, we actually had some nice uh we got a couple surprise drop-ins and stuff so we're gonna keep this show rolling uh we just got a couple more hey especially if you're new and like you want like you guys should really hang out check out your last couple comics everyone please give it up for corday Schnell. <laughs> You guys good? Good. Uh, my birthday's coming up. Um, I'm about to turn 45. Uh, yeah, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be great. Like, do you guys actually believe that I'm about to turn 45? You guys believe me? Anybody? Anybody? Kind of right? Right? I know. I know. But you wouldn't. You kind of second guess it, though, because I'm black, right? <laughs> and, black, <laughs> and black people, we don't crack, right? So like, I literally want to start be telling people, like, yo, I'm turning 45. This is like, believe, people believe you. Like, oh, shit, you're 45. You look good for 45. Like, you damn right. <laughs> I fucking look good for 45, right? And I started thinking about it. <clears throat> I started thinking about, like, older people who are, like, celebrities who we don't know their age. They could be lying to us, you know? Like, Morgan Freeman. How old is Morgan Freeman? Like, 85, 90, 100, right? Like, if, <laughs> like if you found out today that Morgan Freeman was 140, you'd be like, I could believe it. All right, that's what more. <laughs> That's what 140 looks like in like, you know, his age, huh? Then it started, I started thinking about it. I was like, yo, what happened if Morgan Freeman was best friends with Frederick Douglass? Like, dude, what the? 
Like, damn. Like, how was times back then? Were they good? Well, besides the slavery and stuff like that. But like, did you meet Abraham Lincoln? Like, how was, did he really change some shit, you know? Man, he might have known Jesus. You never know. Like, when have you ever seen a baby picture of Morgan Freeman? It was probably just a, a like, 25-year-old version of himself, <laughs> you know, as a baby, you know? Like, that's why I just love telling people that. Like, I'm 45. Because I remember, literally, I was, like, the oldest of most of my friends. Like, I was, like, 23, but they were saying I was old as shit, right? So I, now I'm just embracing it. I'm just embracing, like, fuck it. I'm 45 now. And plus, that helps me with, like, older chicks because they always call me a baby whenever they find out my actual age. It was like, we have a good conversation. Things are going well. And then tell, I was like, how old are you? I'm like, I'm 29. She's like, oh, my God, you're a baby. And I'd like, be kind of upset because that's, like, they deflect and they be like, they don't want to talk to me anymore, right? But at the same time, I'd be like, I kind of want to be petty. I'm like, oh, I'm a baby. You think I'm a baby? Well, I'm kind of hungry. Can you breastfeed me, please, you know? Like, you know, but then I hate when uh, a chick who's around your age says that same exact thing, right? So, oh, my God, how old are you? 29? Oh, my God, you're a baby. I'm like, well, how old are you? 31? I'm like, bitch, you a toddler. What the fuck are you talking about? You bragging because you can walk and shit? Like, bitch, I'm crawling. I'm crawling, you know? We're going with the baby thing. Uh, also, so I'm vegan. Um, I know it's a shock to most people because I'm still fat. That's usually the reaction I get. But, you know, it's crazy because I lost 40 pounds and I'm feeling good by myself. So I'm going to keep it going, right? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, I've gained 30 of it back because, you know, Taco Bell is the fucking, you know, it's the only thing I can eat from fast food. Also, side note, right? You know how everybody says, like, Taco Bell gives you the shits and stuff like that, right? It gives you really bad gas. When you go vegan... That gives you a lot of gas, period, right? So when I ate Taco Bell for the first time, it was the first time I ever didn't have gas from Taco Bell because I was already gassy for everything else I ate. That's a <laughs> proven fact. That's how you beat Taco Bell's, like, diarrhea. You know, become vegan and then eat it, you know? Uh, <laughs> also, when Mark was talking about, uh, well, fucking, like, uh, Willy Wonka, like, what it be like as, like, a... Uh, like porn and shit like that, right? I was thinking like the ever, ever long lasting gobstopper, maybe like the ever long lasting orgasm, you know, that'd be dope as shit, right? Then the one chick, remember she ate like the uh, bubble gum and then she like started tasting blueberries, she got big. That's BBW porn in Willie Walker's world, you know? <laughs> um, so it's crazy. So my mom always raised me to be a gentleman. You know, she's like, you know, like be a gentleman, open woman's door, stuff like that, help out, stuff like that. But I got pissed because my sister would try to do the same thing with me. She's like, hey, I'm going to the gas station. You want to come? I'm like, sure. I'm going to get some snacks, stuff like that, right? So we get up, pull up. She was like, hey, um, I just like, she's like a 20 on 10. I was like, okay, that's cool. That's cool. All right. What are you telling me? Uh, I'm not the cashier. No, so, she, <laughs> so she goes in and she pays for it, right? Then she gets back in the car and she's like, hey, uh, you know, a gentleman would pump a woman's gas. And I was like, oh, okay, cool, cool. Definitely, definitely. I got you. I was like, can you like press the, um, the hubcap or whatever, right? So I press the hubcap. I get out of my car. I walk around to her door, you know, and I get her door for it, right? Because I'm a gentleman and you can pump your own fucking gas because I'm not dating you, right? <laughs> she was like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm not dating you. That was for a chick I'm trying to date. I'm not trying to date my sister. That's a little creepy and we're not from the South, okay? Uh, <laughs> fucking shit. People from the South. Um, so other than that, um, by going vegan, I learned how, how nice and helpful white women are. Right. 
Like, I told a chick I was vegan. She's like, oh, my God, how long have you been vegan? I was like, a week or two. She's like, how long have you stopped eating your friends? And I was like, what? <laughs> I said, like, I ate at Lakeisha the other day. Uh, <laughs> but it was funny because she was like, she was like, let me get your number. Let me get your email. I'm going like, to write it down. I'm going to send you some recipes. I'm thinking four or five recipes, you know, like some little meal prep and stuff. She sent me 34 pages of possible recipes, right? I said, like, oh, my fucking God, you are so helpful, right? I told my black family that I'm vegan. They was like, what the fuck, Corday? Really? This is what you're doing, man. At the black barbecue, that's what you're telling us, right? This is what, what we doing today, man. I was like, shit, my bad. He was like, he was like, he was like, yo, he was like, you know what goes on this grill? He was like, chicken, ribs, links, beef, and then hot dogs with a kid score. He was like, get that fucking shit out of here. And that was him knocking my protein style burgers out of my hand and onto the ground, right? And he started kicking dirt. He was like, what are you eat plants and shit from the dirt? You probably used to bitter tasting shit, right? I was like, damn. So then I walk away, go eat in the corner by myself, right? And I'm eating it. My stuff, it was a little crunchy from the dirt. Uh, <laughs> then he walks to me. He was like, hey, man, Cordae, I heard you lost 40 pounds. I was like, I did. He's like, fuck. Was it really hard becoming vegan? I was like, what the fuck? Are you asking me for tips? The possible? He was like, I'm thinking about going vegan. I was like, motherfucker, what? You gave me the most shit out of all my family members. This is how you feel, really? He's like, yeah, I'm getting big, man. I've gained 100 pounds. And I was like, yeah, your fat ass needs to lose some goddamn weight. You fucking fucking up out here, right? And then it's my older cousin, so I got up and ran away, right? But then I remember that I recently lost 40 pounds, and he gained 100 pounds recently. So he's like 140 pounds heavier than me. So I just stopped running, and I started walking away. Because he was, <laughs> because he was out of breath just sitting down. So <laughs> oh shoot! Um, any guys ever hear like when women be like, "Yo, dudes ain't shit." You guys ever hear this or like see this on Facebook, whatever? Right? Don't you hate that? Because you start thinking about yourself, like, "Well, I ain't shit." Who's she talking about? You know, <laughs> well, I'm a good dude. Then you start thinking about her. Well, maybe it's the dudes you dating, right? Like, I, I start thinking about it, like sometimes, right? She's be having like these biased opinions, right? Like if a girl told you pizza wasn't shit, right? But she only ate Little Caesars, would you really evaluate her opinion, you know? <laughs> like, oh my God, like Little Caesars ain't, like pizza ain't shit. I was like, well, you eat Little Caesars, you need to upgrade your shit. You know, maybe date like somebody who's kind of like Domino's, you know? They had a dude who's kind of like that, you know? He like, we first met him, he would he have stuff together, but he's trying to reinvent himself, you know, going back to school, right? Maybe did a dude who's kind of like Pizza Hut. I mean, he's a little greasy. Was he got like bad hygiene, but you can help him out, stuff like that. Give him, introduce him to Axe or something like that, some back, some body spray. Or maybe did a dude who's kind of like Mountain Mike's, you know? It's like, uh, he likes wearing like a lot of flannels and stuff, like to be outdoors, man, kind of stuff has like a beard you know kind of thing i was like oh you know when you really ready for like a serious relationship you could date a dude who's kind of like round table you know like really good like loving caring pizza kind of stuff like that and when you really 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 ready for a relationship you can date that deep dished out pizza you know the chicago that, that deep loving relationship kind of stuff basically i'm just saying like if chicks keep talking about dudes ain't shit maybe she stopped dating five that last niggas i don't know that's just my opinion i had him in court that's my time thank you yeah all right, yeah, we're going to finish it up. Uh, your last comic of the day. Oh, we appreciate him coming by. He does a show, and um, uh, he'll let you know, y'all. But give it up for the one and only Warhol Kaufman. Uh, I just want you guys to know I was booked here, so. Oh, did you hear? I heard Noir killed it. Did you hear Noir killed it? That's how you, if someone tells you themselves, that's how you know. <laughs> that they're doing well. Um, I don't know if abortion is murder, but I know that killing every conservative politician 
is murder. I just found out that uh, Nancy Pelosi is two bullets away from being the president. Like, if you murder two people, Nancy Pelosi will be the Democratic president of the United States of America. Not just any two people. It has to be the right two. You have to figure out the right... It's like a puzzle. If you can figure out the right two people to murder, just from a legal standpoint... He's my lawyer. He broke it down for me. Um, my ex-girlfriend is actually uh, is vegan. She shops at Whore Foods. I, I went to Whole Foods the other day and I saw this sign. It just said, bread misses you. Come back to bread. How long has it been? Remember bread. Check your calendar. Is bread in your calendar? Open up your mouth. Put a sourdough in your mouth. Sit on a loaf. I just want to clear something up. Um, I've been misquoted, and I don't appreciate it. All right? Yeah, I, people have been misquoting me. You know, don't do that. Look, I never said white people are stupid. I don't know why people go around misquoting. Don't misquote me. I never said white people are stupid. I just don't like being... I didn't say white people are stupid. I never said white people are stupid. But Europe's not a continent. I'm the oldest one in my family without kids. And I'm I'm proud, you know. Like, I tried really hard. I put it in the wrong places and everything. <laughs> My people are from the islands, which means we used to get traded for rum, but now it's just drunk at parties like I am. I actually witnessed a murder the other day. It was like eight months ago. I witnessed a murder outside of the layover on 15th and Franklin. It was crazy, right? Like, I saw someone get murdered. And then the next day, I was so happy, you know? I felt alive. I felt so alive. I used to live in West Oakland. They found a human head in the recycling plant two blocks from my house, which is messed up because that's compostable. <laughs> but when I moved into the neighborhood, like, I think two weeks passed, we moved in. Two weeks passed and someone got killed, like in the neighborhood, you know? And I was so upset, I was like, oh my God. That's so terrible, like I can't, that's horrible, you know? And then it was, I swear to God, it was probably a week and a half later, someone got shot right by the dollar store. And I was like, what do you expect going to the dollar store? I mean, Gotta watch out. And then, seriously, within the month, someone got shot right on the corner, right by my house. And I said to my wife, I was like, I hope they got the right guy. I heard there were like 42 people shot in the same weekend in Chicago. 
They got good aim in Chicago. I used to tell that joke. Uh, I used to tell that joke, and then I went on tour. And I told that joke. I, like, you know, went north, and I told the joke. I was in Portland. I told it, and I went to Boise. I told the joke all over. And then I went to Chicago, and I was like, am I, am I going to do it? Right? Am I going to tell like, Because if I can't tell it in Chicago, so I told it, but I ducked. Obama ruined the dreams of black children. I wanted to be the first black president. Is it unfair to say the first lady slept her way to the top? People be like, Trump is racist. And he's orange. I think it's ironic that Trump's son is barren and we all wish his mother was. Is it unfair to make fun of Trump considering he's cognitively disabled? Just like you know, like you could tell he raped someone, but it's like it doesn't count because he wasn't wearing a sombrero, you know? I did this show in Vegas. I saw a guy in a Chewbacca costume take off his mask. Wookie mistake. <laughs> When I was little, um, I used to ask my mother, like, Mom, if you die, what would happen to me? She said, well, if I die, you know, Bill's your stepdad, so you would live with Bill. I said, but what if, what if you die and Bill dies? She said, well, if I die and Bill dies, you go and live with your grandmother. But she's old. Like, what if grandma dies? And my mother said, what are you planning? <laughs> I love Oregon, man. Oregon has the purest white supremacy of anywhere I ever tasted. <laughs> it's hard to find a job, though. Like, when I lived there, I tried so I applied so many places. I applied, like, 90 pl I tried to apply to the Ku Klux Klan, but I couldn't fit my resume on one sheet, you know? <laughs> I'm surprised the Klan hasn't ruined bed sheets and pillowcases for everybody. Like it did for me, I just started sleeping at white women. I was thinking about the purpose of a clan hood. Like, you might think it's to hide their racism, you know? But I don't think it's to hide, like, they're not ashamed of their racism. That's their whole thing. I think the purpose of a clan hood is so that rich clan members don't have to share money with poor ones the day after the meeting, you know? Keep it anonymous. Living outside of Portland, in St. John, someone wrote nigger on the fence across from my door. I was like, I'm home. I used to get coffee every morning at Martha's, and across the street is this church called St. Kevin's. And I grew up Catholic. I was curious. Like, I wonder what Kevin's been up to. So I looked it up. And apparently, St. Kevin is most famous because this woman tried to seduce him so he drowned her and they built him a church I feel like the Virgin Mary was in on it because I saw her statue in the court card and it looked really smug you know I like it looked looked like she knew something I don't know if you ever heard there was this enslaved African 
in the South who he set himself in a box. He mailed himself to freedom. He mailed himself to freedom. They taught us that in school. It's amazing. He mailed himself to freedom. And I bet at the plantation there was someone else left who was like, that nigga mailed himself to freedom. He mailed himself to freedom. He got in the crate. He nailed it up. He put the address on the outside. He stamped it. He waited for the mailman. He mailed himself to freedom. And if he was a better friend, he would have mailed me too. I used to tell that joke, and then I realized uh, it was like late February. It was right at the end. And I realized, oh, my God. No, there wasn't some nigger left who mailed him. That was his wife because black women are amazing. It's amazing. I went to the mall the other day. This young white teenager made eye contact with me, and under his breath he goes, my nigger, a Denzel fan, yeah. <laughs> went to Five Guys. Five Guys does not give a fuck about your peanut allergy. They don't care. But back in the day, a doctor wouldn't sit you down and say, your son has a peanut allergy. Like he would just say, your son is dead. <laughs> would you like a peanut? They're delicious. Shout out to George Washington Carver. So I was eating this cheeseburger and some melted cheese got on the floor, stuck to my shoe. And it was crazy. Like It was so slippery. Like For a second, I could almost moonwalk. Like, I figured it out. That's how you moonwalk. You get some cheese on your shoe, and you rape a kid, and you can moonwalk. <laughs> That's how you do it. I went to Trader Joe's the other day. The cashier said to me, 1114. I said, what is R. Kelly's ideal age of consent for 200, Alex? All right. I'll give it up for a wall. <laughs> Uh, always asking the greatest questions of life right there, yeah. Uh, if anything, thank you so much to everyone that came out today. Uh, we're gonna, whoever wants to hang out, we'll be doing a little Q&A afterwards. You wanna have a little fun? Uh, we'll be going to like a little bit before six and stuff. So otherwise, uh, yeah, take a little quick musical break. Go to the bathroom, y'all listening at home and we'll be right back.
Mic check around yeah, around table. What we got? We got oh yeah, there it goes. There it goes. What's that? I got my NPR voice on now. There you go, man. Ready to tell the news like how it is. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. You know what's going on? Actually, I have this bit that I've been doing, and it's funny because the comics look at me, the comics don't follow news. I guess that's hilarious. So, uh, so I'll, I'll talk about the Mueller investigation, and I just get glazed eyes. Like if I if I say it in front of like an audience. They kind of know what I'm talking about, but comics are just like, that's not about comedy. I didn't pay mm-hmm. attention. And what's the Mueller report uh, been coming out with so far? Bro, Mueller just, he resigned. So he's done. Mueller just is tired of the bullshit. He, he made a recommendation. Apparently he did an eight-minute speech. I've heard a lot of analysis. I haven't actually stopped and listened to the speech yet. But, um, I mean, you know, we don't live in a culture of logic and politics anymore. There's yeah. no there's no sense of like two sides debating great ideas. Yeah. It's it's like uh for so long, literally my entire life and slightly more, the language of politics has removed itself from reality in a very aggressive way. And so the double speak is out of control now. I mean it's straight eighty four. Oh yeah, dude. It's like a cartoon show, a reality show all the time. And it's just like, yeah, who could be the crazier, wilder one? But you have to admit that the Trump presidency is going to make a great Adam McKay movie one day. There you go, man. You know, it's a future one for the Oscars. And yeah, stuff. if artist legal, you yeah. know, in like eight years. And then I know a guy who knows Oscar, too. Uh, this guy right here. <laughs> this guy right here. Oh, my goodness. I'm glad he's here. Hang yeah, on. I heard you were grip, gripping Oscar in your hand. There you go, Oscar. Man. Yeah, you know Oscar. I'm so high. Who's, who's Oscar? Oscar, he, he comes around once a year It's uh, for the actors and stuff. So. Yeah, if you hold him tight enough, you, yeah, you can be the I, best. I think, I think it's like chocolate inside or something like that. Oscar, who the what's fuck? his last name? Who's Oscar? Oscar. Yeah, Oscar, no, the Oscars. You know, like the Weinstein. Oscar. Oscar Weinstein. No. <laughs> Weinstein. Yeah. So you talking about the rapist? Well, that yeah, that or yeah, one of those guys. Sorry, I derailed it. I, I do that. Yeah, I'm well, a derailer. If anything, uh, why do you like do, like derailing it? You know why, man? I think it's like a a reflective. I think that removing people from their line of logic, when they come back to it, it's fresher. If you lose it, you lose it. But if you come back, yeah. it's like more live than it was. Okay. So, and you try to get it right back to the moment type of thing? Well, okay. Or like, do you feel it goes in that direction? 
So I, I, I thought I was doing like when I tell stories, I tend to tell like more than one story at once and kind of like go back and forth between them. And I told someone that like thinking I was like, oh, like this album is so weird. I do this mm-hmm. thing. And they're like, yes, that's a basic comedic storytelling technique. I'm like, fair enough. Thank you for. <laughs> Thank you for bringing us up to date there. Analyzing that. Yeah. Good to know. Well, but yeah, I think that when you throw an unexpected element into like, because it's kind of like if you listen to politicians, people repeat themselves all the time. I don't want to have the same conversation over and over. Yeah. I don't. I really hate, I hate having the same conversation over and over. So, you know, like when I fucked up my hand, yeah. It was like all my energy to try to come up with different ways to have responses for the exact same phrase that people are going to say to me over and over. Okay. And so anything I can do to make it a new conversation, I'm in. All right, boy. Well, what, what, like new conversation. Uh, where are you at or where are you going to be performing at? Um, you know, I have a date at Rooster Teeth Feathers okay. on the 12th or 13th. It's a Wednesday. June, June, whatever that Wednesday is, the second Wednesday. Okay. Uh, and that's cool. I've been trying to keep like one club date in my future, just like, you know, all as often as possible yeah. just to feel like a comic. I'm like, well, I do this one club wants for me to perform at some point in the future. Uh, my schedule is so empty. It's kind of, it's like tumbleweeds and fucking cotton wrappers, dude. Okay. So you're available is what you're saying. All right. Everyone. Will yeah. I think it might be sure time to hit the out. road. Yeah. Joe's like, Hey, Get those new people coming out and stuff, bro. And, yeah, and man. Elliot's got a car, so you know you all. Oh good. shit, you're good. That's like half the that's half the battle in uh, comedy, right there. Is car and gas. Good. Yeah, <laughs> I got a I got a green car and a car. Yeah. <laughs> My passport's in certified. in Portland, so if you want to hit Latino. Canada, we just have to stop on the way. I got, I got the go. paperwork. There you go, man. You gotta take care of that paperwork. People like the paperwork, hey, apparently. Yeah, I got. I'm walking I got around with twelve IDs right now. You know, that's the only case. paper I got. But I, bro, that's a good paper. Don't go to Arizona. Oh uh, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Don't go to Arizona. Falls across the border. You know, one time I drove out of the way into the desert instead of driving through Arizona. Eight hours out that. of the way, but worth every second. <laughs> every it's my life, but yeah. fuck Arizona. But yeah. Goddamn right. Uh, yeah. All right. So there you go. Uh, if you want to avoid Arizona, uh, make sure yeah, to Google uh, Elio's Map Quest, uh, where <laughs> to avoid the Arizona desert, so you don't have to worry about going back to the other side of the desert right there. You know what? Mexico's nice, but... Uh, I like to visit. <laughs> That's good. That's like I, that, that would explain tourism right there, you know. <laughs> I went to Tijuana and I was just like, "Wow, there are so many Catholic schoolgirls on every corner, right outside all the strip clubs. It's so amazing. They have so many Catholic schools. It's a different vibe, over and they're there. very enterprising. They all are." Offering services in exchange for goods. Oh, it's a land of entrepreneurs, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's very like uh, yeah, the hustle's alive at yeah, well yeah. out there. It's it's a Tijuana, thing. you can have your cake and eat it too, you know? And there you go, yeah. And <laughs> it's all different types of cakes, whatever like uh, type of creams you want on it. A lot of <laughs> Yeah, this has turned into a Food Network type of show now and stuff. Like, you guys. Yeah. But if anything, you know what do? Let's go to head. Channel 69, the Cake Network. Well, if anything, we'll just get a little crazy right now and stuff. At the, but we'll be back in like a couple more minutes and kind of get to a close of wrapping it up so yeah when we come back our least favorite comics in san francisco there you go dun, 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 dun. and we're still around though Yeah, I was out. 
to the sky, kept my sights on the prize. Wide open, worldwide, like the thighs of a hooker spread. Told a girl, why? I got bigger fish to fry. Niggas wish I would retire. Cause of the pressure I apply. Every time I bust a rhyme, and the rest of you are trying. Watch me stimulate the minds. Vista, but not yet. Not quite yet, yo. We're back on here See? with it. Hanging out with Warhol, hanging out with Elio. Fucking uh, shit. Who knows what the fuck's gonna happen and stuff, right? But thank it you is. so much, y'all, for hanging out. That's what's up. It is true, because I feel like I say this a lot, but I feel like that um, comics in this scene in particular build sets a lot of times when they, a lot of them don't know how to write a joke. Like just structure a joke, set up punchlines. Like you don't have punchlines, a, a lot of people, but they're trying to build like seven minutes, and it's like don't you don't need seven minutes. You need to learn how to do the the basic building block. You know, you can't build a multi-celled organism if you don't have the amoeba down. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, delusions of gratitude. <laughs> well, but the thing is, it works though, because if you come in the scene, you know, only for, for so month, long, and though. you get like five minutes, only for so long, exactly. But you can kind of you can kind of ratchet up. Uh, your profile So a lot of people Are more interested In ending up Somewhere in the scene Than they are in Actually learning the craft Right A lot of people Do the 21 Savage And they just like Do it You know Yeah But like At the same time too You gotta be nice To everyone out there Cause you never know Who's gonna make it right Well <laughs> The person Who is a hack And an asshole has like two legs up in the industry so it's beautiful yeah it always is and especially like that's what the industry wants too like they wanted those because they're you know hey dance for us a little bit more y'all and so that's why they're like yeah sure i'll dance for that <laughs> but like if anything that's why you got to be like more self- <coughs> self-sufficient you know you so know? my question for y'all is uh if you go up in a room that's like a packed house versus like an empty room or a little room versus a big room does it change how you approach what you're doing in the room yeah, each and each uh, audience is a uh, its own uh, like amoeba, you know. So it's like, and then it's also like the, what the moons are for the night, and then where your electrical charge within itself is at. Where you are, what's yeah. already happened in the room, Wait, yeah. what's going what? on in the news. So yeah. 
all that electrical you, charge. Yeah. Wait, wait a minute. Talk to me about the electrical okay. charge. So the moons. Now, you so cannot just say that and just <laughs> think, think that I'm not gonna. I think I know ask. what he means, but I don't give a shit. My point of view. I completely <laughs> took away my point of view, and I'm with you. Yeah. Even though I was against you two seconds yeah. ago, but I want to know well, more about the moon and before. So <laughs> what? This is definitely the moon. The so energy. What? So this is what, how I look at it now. It's okay. Like, um, Let me sit down. Okay. Again. So we're scientifically how much percentage water? You I know? don't know, dude. You're the one like, telling me so the theory. So it's like a lot. It's a lot. It's the majority of our body is just water. A lot. What? What the fuck? A lot yeah. means? Yeah. This is every everything that you see before you is actually water. It's liquefied. Wait, what? Yeah. So like I see I see tables and I see sh- yeah yeah you see the like the hardness. So seventy percent. Okay. Yeah. So like uh, okay. but if anything, it's a big portion of who. What we are. that have to do with anything? So now uh, there's electrical surges that are constantly going through us. And this is the part where it's like, all right, it's the body and the electrical surge is going on. You know, when I was a kid, I got electrocuted off a fence. Oh. And my grandpa, my grandpa told me when I hit the ground, the shock was to make my heart start pumping again. Okay. But I get, I guess you're right. There's energy around us. Okay. Yeah, Go all ahead. the time. And even Clear. There, yeah, you can feel it. Like you, you ever see someone who's like having a bad day? And like they look, you could tell like that. And it's also like the ripple effects or whatever. Unless you're, you're a sociopath. And you don't you don't see it. Hey, there's a lot of factors here. You know? But the, <laughs> we go back to the illusions of grandeur. Yeah. Anyhow, go ahead. Yeah. So now knowing that that we are now when you go into and a mass setting, now you have to pretty much electrify yourself. That much you have to charge yourself up in order wow. to release. And also because you you're entertaining for so many people and the, every exchange that you have with a person, even if you just walk by, is a, an exchange shift. So now that you're exchanging, especially a ratio of like, even if it's a small crowd, one to two, but even that you're taking on the energy of two people. Or if you, if it gets bigger, that just means like, like after a set, so like you take the energy or you give the energy. Well, Both. it's, it's a circuit. Both. Yeah. So, okay. and that's the thing is you can put out all your energy for like maybe people who aren't re- ready to receive it. They don't reciprocate it and it takes it away. But if they, if they receive you, give you energy back you leave more energized yeah it's like that. you can at least uh, find a pacing that you can handle that you can sustain uh these energy levels so if you need to go spike up and then you also is going to realize that when you do spike you're also going to spike down you gotta bring it down yeah the way i've been starting to think of it is uh is the waves yes and i think it's kind of interesting because like some people in comedy will be like yes and then some people yeah. are like i don't know what you're talking about but the waves of pacing and energy and of like laughter like for a while i got so obsessed with the only thing i cared about was like waves of laughter like a laugh isn't good enough i want to i want to be able to like pause and let the laughter move away and move back to me you know that shit can be pretty cool. Yeah, and but it, 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 that's part of that ripple effect. And you know? with riffing too, you learn that because you start to push, you get something, you dig in in that direction. You know, like yeah. that. Right. You, uh, if you get a little char- extra charge, it's like okay, we can use this energy and let's yeah. spend it over here. So we might get it back. We might not. Yeah. But and not all the energy. Is. Not but all you're the using e- it to do that to go an extra out of the way a little bit, if yeah. you will. And sometimes the energy is going with you. A lot of times it's going against you. So it's like uh, just be prepared. That Especially like, yeah. if you go after my set. 
There you go. Yeah, that's tough. Uh, even I don't go subatomic, you know? I'm like, I can't handle that shit right now. <laughs> right, it's like you're in, all out there in the wilderness, and you're like, man, how do I make a little fire? Yeah. And, the other and then thing you figure is, it out, you're like, yeah. oh, shit. Yeah. It's kind of cool. Is like, let's say you have an audience. At least what I found is I do better in rooms that are uh, heterogeneous. If it's all the same profile of who's in the audience, I'm less likely to do well. And so if you have different ages, different races, different ge geographical you know, different culture in the room, then you feel the energy of like, oh, if I go in this direction, this element, like, for example, I don't, I don't tell jokes about sex anymore, almost ever, that's consensual. Like, I've realized that in my act, I could get up and talk about like, oh, I'm fucking my girl, whatever, whatever. I don't really do that too much anymore because it's like, I've realized that that energy People are occupying that energy. I don't need it. It's not important to me. It's taken away from, yeah. from what you have to from say. From the point, yeah. yeah. So I'm yeah. trying to like streamline the wavelength. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, another thing it's too like point, is huh? like uh, the audience will give certain energy too if they hear these words. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like an immediate reaction of right. like something else that like is not We in have your been favor. trained in society yeah. to just react quickly. Yeah, so now it's just a matter of like kind of being aware of it and now using it to how you feel your advantage. But one thing is like what I love about podcasting is the whole, the wavelength features of it. Like this thing is out into the rest of the universe now. It's connected. So yeah, yeah. yeah. So and we're sending a message to ourselves in the past, present, and future all at the same time. Huh, it's a time capsule. Sounds like a book. Yeah, or it's just another podcast. You know? <laughs> well, you know, I was not not like researching, but I just was reading a little bit about uh, the origin of the medium. And like, do you do you know anything about the origins of the early podcasts and like how? No, that'd be a good history lesson. So I was yeah. I was looking up. Uh, apparently, there was a synthesis of message and technology in a particular way, where like there there have been people like recording conversations and people you know doing that type of thing. But because something about like this, the way that streaming occurs now wasn't possible. The the RSS packets and shit. So it was. I don't know, man. Like, again, I'm not, I'm not like a researcher on it, but like just the, it made me think about we're all artists. We're trying to figure out a way to get our message out in a particular way for Mark Marin, He he was on stage for 20 years and at 45, the way he put it, I set up a couple of microphones in my garage and suddenly like, yeah. you know, people cared about what he, what he thought. And so like, it's this synthesis of like, what, what do you have to say? What do I have to say? But also like, how can I say it? That's most relevant. And then finding your own medium that matches your energy and your message, you know, it's, it's, it's so powerful. So like maybe nobody likes you as a novelist, but suddenly it's a graphic novel and everyone's hooked, you know? Yeah. And there's, it'll cross different realms, you know? So like, it'll like catch like beings at different moments of life. Or a, or a theatrical play or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. You I'm can actually visualize it and get the message across. Yeah. I'm and where you are in your life. Point. It's like maybe you, you want to be a writer and you want to be a stand-up, but maybe like Pat Oswald, right? It's like he made all this money. His stand-up kind of suffered. He had a horrible tragedy. Yeah. You know, like... There's yeah. there's these arcs in our <laughs> yeah. in our lifetime, too. Yeah. But yeah, but there's like trends of it because like, you know, it's always coming around again. But if anything... uh 
Yeah, like that was that, was, that got pretty. I think we got to the core there. Shit. Yeah, I learned I learned something new. Yeah, so. and you, yeah, you uh, you could buy this audiobook live on Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> or is it a podcast? Yeah. Is it a web series? Yeah, yeah. Oh my god! We don't know. Or is it twenty nine ninety nine? That should be the price for the knowledge that you're getting. Yeah. Real talk though, man. I'm I'm involved in this feature film now, and I like since I was a little kid, I wanted to be in a in a feature film movie. Mm-hmm. Like I've, I've worked on a lot of shorter projects, uh, especially more recently, but like I just saw the the rough cut, and everyone who's involved in the project has never made a feature film before. So it's literally every single person is was just trying. Yeah, and it was a trip, man. I watched the I watched the the rough one time, and I had like opinions and like the other members, like Tracy Nguyen is in it. Uh, she hadn't seen it, so then she, like she watched it. I watched half of it again, and she watched it, and just just trippy like, like the movie doesn't exist yet, but it's in our minds right now, and trying to figure out if it can come from the mind to actually be something real. Who knows? It could be terrible. It could be good. You know. Yeah. If anything, uh, Elio and I were talking about uh, the running. He's he got this really nice drone and stuff. So. Oh, nice. And I'm gonna start training for the marathon again. Okay. So what we're gonna do is send me out, have the drone follow me. <laughs> so we're gonna have a lot of air shots around yeah. the bay. Yeah. It's gonna be fun. In the Oakland Hills, yeah, well, Oakland Hills, like the SF Bay Area. And I'm Berkeley. gonna be uh, posting it on the Bay Area Command yeah. Network if anybody needs a drone shot or something. Yeah. There you go. That's dope, man. Because like <laughs> cranes are expensive and helicopters yeah, no, are and, fucking uh, expensive it's a latino so there you go cheap. there you go <laughs> you can find them on craigslist you know my currency I could just see you in cobs uh, turkey like, sandwiches that's my currency so the drones hovering in the middle of cobs like yeah. filming someone's set. silent dude it's nice yeah <laughs> That's funny it's funny shit. Oh my gosh! I, I can't wait. Yeah. yeah. So I am technically agreeing to be followed by a drone. <laughs> you know, when I went back home, because I'm from Maryland, si from DC area, dude, I could feel it. I could feel the surveillance. I could f- like feel that I was being watched. They have overhead drone surveillance, That's and crazy. it was it was a trip, man. Yeah. Because like I grew up there, and I literally used to imagine walking around the same streets. I would imagine that there was this like. Floating, floating camera following me yeah. and I would like yeah, I was like an only kid for a long time like I would just like imagine myself having like this camera to communicate with and then now it's there yeah there you go and, and on that and, line uh, you got a Latino, <laughs> Latino flying it there you go man you know like uh, there'll probably be some like uh, Olympics for it one day or something like that the drone Olympics the drone Olympics you know uh, if anything uh, probably gonna wrap this up soon just yeah, cause like, we got I should this, go so, wake up the lady in the so truck so let's go uh <laughs> Let's go uh, round table, y'all. About uh, Elliot, where you gonna be at? What you gonna be doing, man? I'm just gonna be hanging out at the 33 Tama in downtown. Oh yeah, Tama like Tahama, this Saturday Tahama, at eight. This Saturday. Yeah. This fool's gonna be at Delirium tomorrow. And Delirium. And Delirium that. tomorrow. Where you at tomorrow? You wanna drop a set? Uh, I I I'd be down because I, yeah, I have I have a musical rehearsal and then after that yeah I could dope do. yeah we'll be starting after I'll the Warriors be, game so okay I'll, I'll be t- trying not to start a controversy but you know so okay. what can you do well that's how we pull this dick out okay well if anything, it's very small no one's hot yeah I'll be hanging out with them too uh, Monday and Saturday like that I guess yeah oh, yeah I got no response yeah <laughs> that's why I like doing this show because it's where I have the least amount of control all right y'all. this is this is my Johnny Carson moment I'm just gonna yeah. do it too. <laughs> but if anything, uh, thank you so much guys I appreciate you uh, hey, man. hanging out uh, uh, thank you all so much to, uh, with the whole artivist coming through and then also with Garrett being out uh, we wish you well and we'll be hearing from you all soon peace good to see you yeah let's see you around
whiskey is evil. It is a wicked, wicked wait, wait, vehicle. If, if, if you're riding the whiskey train, I can attain to it. If you're going to have whiskey, have a glass, sip it, enjoy it. It's a and great then, at home thing. And then switch thing. to beer. Yeah, it, it's a great at home thing. It's a great one not to... Uh, you know, yeah. Yeah, it's for sipping and like not doing shot after shot after shot after shot after... Ugh. Yeah. Eesh. That's a great way to turn into a train wreck. But maybe our FTW listeners are into shot after shot. And and they listen to the show that we actually semi-condone it or maybe not condone it. Yeah, well, Jim... We're enthusiastic for you about that. I know. I got plenty of friends that think Jim Beam is kind of high-end, so... <laughs> I know somebody enjoyed his Jim Beam. I watched him get a DUI once. It was pretty wild. Ah, that's terrible. Yeah, it was a pretty yeah, sad that's, story. That's neither here nor there. That's something to think about, though. So, mm. you guys, if you're gonna go out and ride, be safe. If you're gonna drink whiskey. Ride's probably a bad idea, <laughs> <laughs> especially if you're squishy. <laughs> right? Yeah. Who else should we mention? We should mention Meteor Motorbikes. I've been meaning to call Michelle and say what's up. Oh yeah, Michelle over at Meteor Motorship Motorbikes. I freaking love her and Rob. Good people. Yeah, they I never met Rob. You haven't met Rob? I've met Rob a few times, man. Really? Rob's good people, dude. Rob rocks. Rob right fucking rules, dude. And his band kicks ass too. Badass. Yes. Good man, Rob. We should give her a call next week. Do a phone interview, but like sneak attack phone interview. <laughs> sneak that's attack. What you, that's what you can start doing. We might be on the air. We might not. Hey, you can, you can sneak do. attack. <laughs> I'm standing outside your bedroom you do, right now. Are you inside? You, you can do crank calls. You're, you're so anxious oh to, to touch the phone. <laughs> Try and find Gail's number. <laughs> Wouldn't that be the best? Reverse it on her? Maybe not. Oh, thanks. Radio Silas. That's my partner. <laughs> You brought it on yourself. Oh, uh, no. That was a, fu- was a funny shit. used to it by I'm, now, man. I'm working at the room here, and you're just a, just a tough room, George. How about low-down barbecue? How about them? <laughs> <laughs> Give them a call if they're still a number. Uh, <laughs> I think that's about it. George's Steve Productions. He's George Stevens, and I'm Stephen St. George, and this has been our show. Hey, y'all hold my beer. Hey.
the world. Fabber two wheels. Fuck the world. Fabber two wheels. Fuck the world. Fabber two wheels. Now you know what the fuck's the deal. Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pan Oh shit! All right, cool. Miles. Every Friday. So we'll get started in about five minutes. Happy hour, open mic. I am a subscriber on Podkicker because I'm. Android guy. It's a great Can't fuck with Tim game. Cook. They have a fun um, fantastic. I don't know if anyone listens to this shit live. I know like 10,000 people a week listen to Pam show that comes after. So look around you. Awesome. About to get started. Laughing off for a mere five dollars is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So then all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. <laughs> well, hello, boys and girls. You know what a password is. That's a secret word that soldiers would use to get past the sentry and up to the front. Well, here's a password that gets you up to the front in all the right places. It's cannabis energy. It seems the faster you go, the more cannabis energy you need. So if you want to win, you have to have lots of cannabis energy. And the swellest way I know to get it is just by using Green Army Skincare. Boy, they're just crammed full of cannabis energy. They're more cannabis energy units in one lip balm tube than you use circling the base ten times or when you ride your bike four miles across the city. And it's fast acting. Why, no sooner that you apply some balm to your mouth or pain areas, you practically feel the blue strength in your muscles. And what's more, Green Army Skincare is a good, wholesome product. They're made with body-nourishing cannabis and other natural ingredients. So go out there today and pick up some Green Army Skincare products from your local cannabis procurement center. Join the Green Army. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, we'd like to invite you down to Bender's Bar and Grill in the heart of the Mission District in San Francisco at 806 South Van Ness. We've got great food by our kitchen counter offer, burgers, tater tots, tachos, corn dogs, all sorts of good stuff like that. They're open from opening until 11 p.m. most days of the week, except Saturday. Every Saturday night, we've got live rock and roll, some of the best local bands in San Francisco and touring acts as well. Come on down, 10 p.m., rock and roll, only night of the week. We have a $5 cover charge, always 5 bucks for live rock and roll. We're open from 4 p.m. until 2 a.m., Monday through Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, 2 to 2. Come on down, have some drinks with us. We've got Whiskey Wednesday, Tequila Tuesday, and we've always got the Steve McQueen special. Shot a bullet bourbon and a can of California lager for 8 bucks. Come down and enjoy our patio. It's open 
uh, in the afternoon, not really in the evening, but a lot of good folks hanging out back there. Come on down, give us a shot, drop by the bar, make some friends. Thanks, folks. Bender's Bar and Grill in the heart of the Mission District, San Francisco, California. With a happy hour every Monday through Friday until 7 p.m. Don't miss it. Go to Bender's Bar. Big supporter of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2018. Oh, yeah. It goes down. Come smoke with your boy. Spark is San Francisco's premier cannabis dispensary with a focus on serving and educating patients for seven years. Spark is dedicated to creating the... This is Carl. You should follow me on Twitter. Welcome to Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hi, Carl. Hi, Mike. We're watching a full-length movie on YouTube. We'd like you to go find your YouTube, type in a movie that we're going to watch, and listen to our podcast at the same time. That's the concept. Carl, what's the movie today? Today we are watching Shaft in Africa, 1973, and that's what you put in your search engine from YouTube. Shaft in Africa, 1973. Okay, well... uh and uh, I, I, okay, who's hosting it? Okay, the publisher I like. Let me just pull oh, this sorry. up yes, and shift down. It's HJ. All right, so we, uh, give me one second, I've lost sound. Sure. Carl? Yes. Okay. Carl, you can say whatever you want, I can't hear you. Okay, so um, it's uh, the. The publisher we like is HJS Hussein Juma Shambi. Perfect. All right. H period, J period, S. Sounds Hussein good. Shambi. Yeah. And I also got sound back. I know we were having two conversations at once. But we uh, usually have our countdown king here, Paul Mramba, but he is out due to Carnival. This is the May 26th, 2019 mm-hmm. episode. And every uh, year, that's the time for Carnival here in the Mission District of San Francisco, where MutinyRadio.fm streams our show live every Sunday, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, or you can just follow our podcast at LWAFLM or YT, or check us out on our YouTube channel, LWAFLMOYT, where the movies and the podcast have been slavishly put in place together in sync for your enjoyment by Carl himself. Yes. All right, good. Let's watch the this labor movie. Labor of Love. It is a great labor of love. You've got like at least two dozen movies, episodes of our show. On there. About 2,000. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, we are hovering our little key. Uh, because Paul Brumbaugh is not here, we have in his proxy, will you please give it up for the fabricated voice of Paul Brumbaugh. Let's get ready to Brumbaugh. All right. All right, kiddies. You know the drill. Get your finger hovering over that play button. And in three, two, one, go. All right, here we go. Oh, It's Africa already with a lion. I know, it's Africa already. We have a lion, Leo. Leo. Uh, huh. The lion. See, they lied. There are lights in the th- at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> right, I don't see the lights at the end of the tunnel. You see the start of it. 
What says, we're seeing here is a bit of a dungeon, and we'll return to the scary place at uh, the end. So that wasn't a subway station. We're right. not. We're not in New York City. We're not in Times Square. <laughs> not yet. All right. It's a big mansion. That's right. We are in Paris, France, right now. Oh. And we are watching. Ooh la la. Uh, a guy. Yeah. Who is escaping because they found out he's a spy. Okay. I'm just gonna ruin it for you. That's one of the best things I do is ruin movies. Yeah. This is the son of the Emir of Kaman. The son of the Emir of Kaman. His name is Ramallah. And Ramallah um, was spying on this uh, illicit, illegal Parisian espionage. Now they've caught him. Okay, now we're in... And there's the Champs-Élysées. No, that's that's Washington, D.C. That's the capital down there. <laughs> no, they're in Paris. <laughs> Washington totally bit off of Paris, totally. by the way. I think you already know it. Oh, yeah. yeah well, Washington was obsessed with it. He's like, we have, they have to build the Statue of Liberty. They give it to us. Right. So We don't want this thing. So these are the bad guys, right? He's got a car phone that works. Yeah, this is the main bad guy. His name is Vincent Amafi. And he's on the phone going, 300 men, you promised me 750. This is bullshit. Fulfill your contract. I don't care about your problems. Oh, so he's a slave trader. Now watch what she's going to do. Huh? It's going down. Right. He's going to clean up the floor of the... Of the car. And he's going to call. (laughs) Call me back. (laughs) Call back. I'm busy. The driver's like, okay, driver. Uh, The driver's like, we're going to take a shortcut down Pothole Lane. No, not Pothole Lane. (laughs) No, no, out. 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 Damn it, driver. (laughs) I'm switching to Lyft. All right. Hey, uh, I think the best shortcut would be Pothole Alley. (laughs) They both have the same name. All right, they are. He must. Oh, this is uh, the brother, the son. This is the son, yeah. and they've discovered that he is a spy. I mean, he was posing as an African who is simply looking for work. Oh, I got you. Ugh. All right, well, this is still topical. And he is... They sort of led him to his own devices here. Now, it's going to look like he's trying to break out of his... Handcuffs? His, uh, handcuffs, but no, he's really etching a message for whoever can find it. Oh, I see. Robotron. Information about where that dungeon is. Oh, cool. Dungeon is below ground. And it will be by Shaft himself. Alright, so this is very important. I thought he was just scratching his back. (coughs) Excuse me. Uh, No, actually they have uh, back scratcher technology then. Oh, Um, even back in 73? Yes, and he is so beat up. That's the last thing he's worrying about, like his scratchy back. Look how happy the supervillain is entering his house. He's like, that's the best car ride ever. Five stars. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that woman is like his, he doesn't even like her, but she is a nymphomaniac. So he's like, you're mine. And he just keeps her. She was in the car smoking a cigar and then uh, went down on him. This is where, like, if you had a Tic Tac... You see this room here? Yeah. Shaft will find this room. Wait, you're talking about Shaft. Yeah, Richard uh, Square Street. I mean, Round Tree. Round Tree. 
That's a big map. Oh, they got little lights on it to say like we're, we're human trafficking from this part. Of this. <laughs> no, this is 73. They didn't have yes. light technology. That was until the 80s when the etch a sketch okay, came so about. Okay, so this guy's reporting we found the spy and we know who he is and he's the Amir's son. These are his notes. Dates, times, locations. It's basically yeah, he was doing outlining the human trafficking Huh. You know, their operation. These autographs are forged. That's not Thomas Jane's from Punninger. Celebrity autographs. You know, it's sort of funny. The autographs kind of died. The selfie took over. Yeah, right. You don't need... Uh, you just take a photograph and boom, you, you have your presence. You remember Steve Martin used to hand out, like, uh, yeah, cards? cards. Uh, Say, congratulations, yeah. you met Steve Martin. Now they'll hand out, like, uh, selfies, and it'll have a blank spot, your name here, your face here. Okay, look, he's got a silencer on his phone, on okay. his gun, but you totally hear the shot. They're doing it a cheap way. Just close up with the gun, and they close up with the victim. Boom! Don't show the gun, the, the special effects. Your eyes with every shot. Yeah. We're not going to show the whole body. Oh, there's the whole body. Where's the, ch where's the gaping ch uh, gun wound? There's no gun hole. There's no blood. Bloodless. Yeah, this is one of those movies where you get choked and you're dead or stabbed and you're dead. Okay, here we are in New York. Yeah, finally, five minutes into this. The first thing that's unrealistic is you cannot park your car. This is in Central, Central Park. Park Crossway. Yeah. yeah, right. Oh, but the one car that's parked in Central Park, there's three people stealing in subcaps. And nice. there's no traffic. There's. <laughs> anyway, the feeling of hubcaps kind of went away. Uh, there was hubcaps. Manufacturers quit on hubcaps. Yeah. Do you remember Hubcap World in Jersey City? <laughs> I made a lot of money down there. Oh, really? No, selling, your, selling used hubcaps? Look at that. He doesn't even bother yeah. to put it in the back. He just throws it in the back. Fuck do I care? By the way, that was Richard what? Roundtree in the that Central is, Park yeah. scene. Right, but in that Central Park scene, it was Richard Round Tree, because he was around the tree. Oh, he was around the tree? Yeah. Now, look, he's got a high-rise apartment in Shaft. He was like a West Village. I know. He well, he lived in, He worked in Times Square. He didn't have a car. He, uh, he right. you know, he had a very small office. Hey, some by. Oh, no, I love that movie. So the guy goes, Shaft, Africans are looking for you. And he goes, I don't know any Africans, brother. <laughs> There's one in the elevator. There's one now. That guy's been creeping in the elevator all day. Now, the African knew his floor. Right, but he hung out in the elevator waiting for him. There was two elevators. How? Do, what was the odds? <laughs> right. And also, yeah, it's unrealistic elevator waiting. Also, we're about, you know, the sensors in the elevators. He's going to do a movie trick in which the sensors don't work. Watch. Okay. Whoop. Oh, yeah, right. Just got out of the closing. Look how proud Shaft yeah. is of himself. Shaft and elevators. Isn't Shaft the uh, British oh, word for elevator? elevator shaft. Yeah. yeah. So, of course, John Shaft knows about elevators. Little elevator action. You know, every time you go into the elevator, it says Otis. Is that really who you want servicing the lift? Otis? Otis? Wasn't he John Otis, like the most powerful man in the world? 
But I mean, it's like a southern name. Like, what seems to be the problem? I don't know. Oh, well, it is. Just the, the elevator's not working. Well, that's his last name. In there. Look how big his office is. In the first movie, he yeah. had a Times Square with a with a calendar that said January 1971 on it. Now look, he doesn't knock. He doesn't he just open. breaks the door down. He just. Now watch what Shaft does. He pulls a gun. In his own office. And he just shoots the guy to kill him. Okay, let's see if there's ridiculous. any blood. I hope the bloody squib doesn't hit the camera lens. <laughs> Whoa! No squib, you'll see. He shoots him, no effect. It's he like shot the floor. Movie. He actually shot them directly? That's so weird. Yeah, that's weird. That's a bad movie rule. Let's call it. Where the gunplay is so casual in, in like a professional setting. You know, like they pull a gun in the bar right. and they shoot in the bar and everyone goes, ooh, like more American graffiti. He shoots a focus director in a bar in San now, Francisco. Now, they did a blow dart on him because they're just doing African stereotypes. Right. Well, yeah. What's that stick? Is that like the guy's weapon, his katana? Yeah, and Shaft is going to become an expert at that stick. They're going to be like, you're good with the stick. He goes, a brother named Shaft better be good with the stick. <laughs> right, because Shaft also reads Paul like a stick. Okay, so now they've abducted Shaft, taken uh, him away. We should mention the music that we're listening to. This is not the original score, right? This is not, Oh, here we go. Metro Goldwyn Mayer. I mean, yeah. this is a major production. They lost half a million, but they really didn't think they were gonna. Uh, you know what? They were able to milk it out one more time. And this was not the original director who also did the sequel. Right. This is a director named John Gullerman. He did, um, he started in 59. He did Tarzan movies, Towering Inferno, King oh, Kong great. in 76 <laughs> with Jeff Bridges. Oh, King Kong, yeah. And then I, I like the sequel too. Yeah, he did that one, too, in 86. Oh, all King right. Kong Lives. Yeah, King Kong Lives. All right. Death on the Nile, Sheena. This guy did his stuff. Now, after the 80s, he worked a much less prestigious thing. Yeah. He ended up doing, like, TV films and stuff. Can, but, we, can we mention that we're watching the opening credits, and the theme song is by the Four Tops, right? It's not, it's not yeah. Isaac uh, Hayes. Yeah, it's called Are You Man Enough? They should do the and, taxi theme song, though, the way they've been driving over that bridge. <laughs> Screen Gems. Screen Gems. Oh, so what's it called? I'm sorry, what's the song called? Uh, it's by the Four Tops. It's called Are You Man Enough? It was produced by this man named Roger Lewis who did lots of soul music. The themes, you know, the rest of the music is done by a man named John... Where is it? it it's pretty... Oh, Johnny Pete, who's composed them all and had the band, and they're Are not the enough? best soul yeah. songs, but they're like background... Soul songs. It's okay. Based on the characters of the first movie. Now this uh, screenwriter, he's got his chops. I mean, this the screenwriter was. Uh, here it is. He wrote in the heat of the night. Oh, very cool. With Sidney Poitier. Actually, it was a book. He he did that a lot. He he adapted books for. Four movies. Apparently, the Poseidon Adventure was a novel. He wrote that. Town yeah. Inferno was a novel, and he turned that into a screenplay. No, and then people were like, "You're gonna make a movie of that? That'd be insane! It can't be better than the book. It's gonna be a bunch of explosions. How can a movie replicate that? The, a book can't." Then <laughs> in a the book, you were like, 
The yeah. fire flickered. <laughs> I can imagine that. That's an outside. Oh, speaking of imagine, there's no imagination needed as uh, Richard Rauchy wakes up bare naked yeah, in a stable. Hay covered everywhere. And uh, hay on his hair. Yeah. That must have been itchy as fucking hell. Oh, here's the assassin. They're going to stick fight it. He's naked. Look, he's got his own stick. They gave it to him. Yeah. On purpose. And he's naked. We see his butt constantly, but he's fighting without showing his genitals to the camera. Yeah, there's going to be continuity issues here. He's like going to be in blue sweatpants every now and again. <laughs> oh, you don't think they did all these shots naked? You'll see. And this director was like, whatever. Yeah, come Leave on, it. man. It's pretty ridiculous to be with. People would be getting popcorn at that time. No, I think people are sitting here riveting watching Richard Roundtree naked fight a man with a stick, no less. By now, Shaft has his persona down. Right. And uh, he's saying all sorts of... This guy's like, where did you learn to stick fight? And he goes, the New York Philharmonic, brother. Oh, that's good. Uh, yeah, well, Shaft's fucking funny. There's no doubt he that, goes, that he's funny. We will be pleased that you're already circumcised. And he looks at him for that, and that gets him distracted, and he's hit on the head. General mutilation. All right, so he's out cold. And now he wakes up in a shopping mall center. Nope. That guy we saw was named Wata, and he will turn out to be a double agent. Oh, all right. What's the fuck, Carl? I'm ruining everything in this film for you. By the way, yeah. this ru- the film ruins... Is There's no, like... They, they know right away it's a double agent... Like, there's no revealing of a mystery here. Well, Every he, step along the way. He's in a hot box right now. Now his ass is covered in sand because he woke up on sand. It was hay right. and this sand. Right, going to be itchy. Are we just watching the dreams of Richard Rowdry? He's like, yeah, that'd be great. No, he's, um, they're preparing him for, he doesn't know it yet, but they're preparing him for the African heat and being oh, in the I desert. See. And random stick fighting. You know, I, I have yeah, to say... He's I, going to Ethiopia, even though he doesn't know it yet. I, I have to say, in 1973, these movies, the way they shoot in, 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 uh, in you know, familiar locations like that, on impulse, the, the idea of having a weapon out is, is, is standard, and I guess, but they yeah. have these, like, fighting sticks that they walk around with. Like, if you see someone walking around with a fighting stick or what have you, I, it's not because they're using it to, to steady their pace. They're using it to fight, you know, just as much as if I see someone with a gun in their pocket. Right. So, it's, but back then, I guess it's fine. The only time I'd really worry about a stick is if it's Gandalf. <laughs> oh, my God. That's when you call the police. You call 911 and you say, there's a wizard on the bus and he has a glowing stick. So there's a voiceover in the room, and he's like, you must survive for eight hours walking around in desert conditions. So he covers himself up. Oh, and then he says, hey, that's a great idea. Let's turn the lights off. Bravo, Mr. Chef. I already have my can. (laughs) Chef's fucking funny, man. We'll we'll see if we can get some of his uh, quips live as we watch this. Now, this is the emir himself. He's an ambassador to the UN and he's the one that uh, selected Shaft and he's behind the scenes organized all of this oh so he's he's gonna be the good guy let's know maybe he'll double cross him these guys are all good guys even though they're pretty bad you just told me that kind of guy is a double agent 
yeah, that guy right there to yeah. the right is a double agent. Yeah, yeah you're just right. spoiled uh, it he's on me. the good guy's side right now. We still got like an hour of this fucking movie. Does, uh, you know, even though this movie's bad, it does its job. You will be entertained. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I like Shaft. I, you know, I think I've seen this one. I don't remember. So now it's like the torture's over. And oh, you passed the test? Right. He knows how to fight with the stick, and he's already circumcised. So now he's having a burden. <laughs> That waiter waited a long time to leave their seed. So oh, what just... we're learning now is that there's human trafficking going on. They go to Africa and they recruit people to Paris yeah. and other countries and to say, we'll, we'll, you know, there's opportunities to make money. But then when you get there, you're being paid pennies and they're charging you for rent. Okay, now we see why he didn't get shot. Oh, because he had a bulletproof Tevlar in there. So Shaft goes, next time between the eyes, brother. Man, that's like, don't worry about it. He'll probably pull a gun in his office and shoot you point blank. So uh, wear this Tevlar outfit. You'll be fine. Right now he's saying, time for you to call me a cab. Time for you to get a new pair of pants. Look at that. He's got camel toe. He has, no, something is blocking what would make camel toe. Well, I mean, it's it's uh, has like five wrinkles around there. Creases. Well, let's, uh... My, we um, found them in, Mr. Shaft. Okay. Oh, no, go ahead. No, I was just saying, um, like, I'm not really turned on by camel toe, oh, but drama to toe? <laughs> I make you a most I'll give a girl with Dromeda toe one hump. $25,000. Do you, uh, Moose Knuckle is a guy, right? With his nuts showing? I never it's got that, that phrase. 15 now. I, what'd you say about nuts showing? Moose Knuckle. Moose Knuckles, is that what it's called? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. If you Staff do, though. nuts are so large, he has cleavage. Oh, all right. Uh, so here comes another guy. Good evening, Mr. Vaughn. I mean, Mr. Shaft. Yeah, this is very Bond-esque, this film, and there are three people who are in other Bond films, and I bet you that was on purpose. Well, I, you know, I, I read that on IMDb, and one of them was, like, after the after this movie. You know, uh, but, yeah, I mean, I, it does have the kind of serious tone where they, they found the man. It's like Men in Black. They're, they found, you know, he did, took a bunch of yeah. tests, and then he's like, you passed the tests. You were very clever. Those books are way too advanced for her. <laughs> I have okay, to say that's this. This the... is a real. This is what inspired the script. In real life, um, eight months before the script was written, there was a truck that had a truck fire right. crossing from Italy into France. Which we're watching and right now. They discovered like thirty human trafficked people. It... it was in newspapers and it was in Newsweek and. So there's um, people right now, the there's script. a real yeah. practical special effects going on of a burning fire truck, and there's actual people right. in the, I, I would, okay, so here he, uh, he needs to break the lock, but there's nobody in the truck right now. I mean, it's, this there must is. be, but then, oh, so there's fire right now, so this is in the same shot, now this is a different shot, and he opens up and people uh, come out. I don't know, I don't know. They had to shot that separately, there's no way, and look how much smoke those guys had to endure in there. Right. 
So do you think there was an actual practical real-time fire going on when they shot that scene or they shot this separately? Probably, well, I don't know. It's 73. The director's good. Let me see. I don't have a special effects credit, and even if I did, it would just be a name because... Right. But do you know what I mean? Like, they must have shot the scenes with the people in there inside separately it's from this real fire. It's seriously dangerous, I think, yeah. Yeah. Well, this is dangerous right now. There's a full-on truck on fire. So that was the backstory they're telling. That's how they discovered that this thing was going on in a very organized way. And he's like, so why don't you just arrest the... Right. People are doing it. It's like, because we want the big man at the top. This actor, by the way, is huge in Greece. It's one of those situations like we don't know his name. Right, but this movie's going to play pretty well because because everyone agrees it's like... He was in Jewel of the Nile with uh, uh, my, uh, Michael, Michael Douglas. Douglas, yeah, and what's her name? Kathleen Turner. Yeah. And? Um, hello. And. <laughs> Can I speak with Kathleen Turner, please? Speaking. Yeah, she's great. She has a great voice. Just good to rev it. Yeah. Danny DeVito, right? And then, like, the flying Karamas of brothers. And then... And she made him believe that, uh... I don't remember any of those dogs. In 88, this guy was in Rambo 3. Oh, he right on. Real, right. Rambo, I don't think... You meet again, Rambo. Yeah, I guess we do meet again. For the third time, yeah. (laughs) Rambo 3. How have you been? Been better. You've been working out, Rambo? You tell me. Yeah. So now they're trying to convince him, and Shaft's like, screw you, brother. And then he goes, well, I'll give you $25,000. And he goes, okay. Huh. So he doesn't really do it for moral reasons, unlike Shaft, the original Shaft, in which he's not taking pay and right. Well, that's the principle of private a private investigator movie, like a film noir movie, is that they are like the lone angel that's gonna you know white knight or what have you, but they're gonna they solve. Can. They're gonna take it. The woman died, and they're not gonna rest until they find the murderer, whether or not they're getting paid. You and know they're what not I mean? hampered by the cop rules. Right. They're just on this like maniacal vision uh, that they got to save this, find the, the killer of this woman. Or it's usually women. That's why I say that. But uh, And then they just pursue it. Like Mickey Spillane. I fucking love Mike Hammer. Because Mike Hammer yeah. in like, Kiss Me Deadly, woman dies, he's going to find out who did it. Whether or not anyone st- or continue paying him or want him to do it. You know, It's a uh, one-armed guy who saved me from World War II. No, you say, uh, Mike Hammer? I, the jury, Mike I, Hammer. I, the jury, that's right. He comes at you in 3D. We did that now, we movie. just met the daughter of the Emir, whose brother was killed. And she's going to help train... Sh- Look how well he's dressed right now. Look how the New York City's right behind him. This looks nice. That's what I mean. I like he has a cigarette. I guess they're in, in Queens They're right in Queens, now, okay. Because you can see the... Is that Empire State Building? Yeah, in the UN there. Yeah, they're in Queens. Okay, cool. Of no. course she's fallen for Shaft. You'll see that throughout the movie. Everybody, every woman who meets Shaft is just like... Wants Shaft. Wants to get shafted. Yeah. Shaft. Another meaning for Shaft. Right? The first meaning for so Shaft. So look what's happening already. They're like, comfy, comfy. That's a little gross, right? It's a little too close. He just met her like four hours. Right, and she is so stricken with him. But the thing is, that the bodyguard guy is like her human chastity belt. 
It's like, say, why don't you get rid of him? I'm still in my first age grade. We call that Farietta. No one is permitted to marry Now she's going to let us know she's going to have a female circumcision when she's a certain age. You're kidding me, really? My second age grade this February. And she's all four years old. Your daughter may have sex and marry. I have it on now. After my clitoridectomy. Clitoridectomy. Your what? Say what? My clitoridectomy. Clitoridectomy. Female circumcision. Jeez. Clitoridectomy. You mean she's doing this on her? Uh, Are you afraid to say the word? My clitoris. My clitoris. Yes. Are you afraid to say the word? Uh, in '73, there was no Howard Stern, and people still didn't say penis and clitoris. No wonder the natives get restless. But they're talking about clitoris. I can't pronounce it, but it's you know, it's general. It's general uh, mutilation. But listen to what Shaft said. Listen, baby. Uh, February is just around the corner. Now, how in the hell are you gonna know what you're missing unless you give it a little wear and tear before they take it away? Are you volunteering? Are you volunteering? Damn right. Dollar hiss. Where are you? Do not touch her clitoris. Shaft blocked. Uh, you know what? That was yeah, a very odd. He got shaft blocked. <laughs> By a shaft. By a shaft. It's a stick. So now it's time to practice stick fighting. So he goes, Hey, brother, why don't you go get my stick from me? Yeah. He goes, Okay. It's in the stick room. And now they're going to sneak off to do it. Oh, so that was a pitch and it didn't work. So she just casually said they're going to cut it, her clitoris off in February? Yeah, she says that emphasis for marriage in their culture oh. is about raising children, not sexual pleasure. But we know it was really to keep women yeah, from, from straying. The fear that they would stray. I don't know. It's, it's a really messed up thing. All right. So, well, that's a Okay, fun. so they run away, and it's back to the elevator situation. But Shaft is too smart for that. Watch. Oh, yeah. He was just standing behind them and around the corner. Too smart for that. I know he wouldn't go around the corner. He would probably hit an elevator. So let's stand around the corner a couple feet. Don't fart. Oh, Again, he's he breaking the, the door. door down. Well, why should Hulk have all the fun, Carl? And now they're like, we're not doing anything. We're looking at a map. It's like, here's your first payment. 15000 now, 10 when you're done. Okay. So do you think that's a better deal or 10 for when now and then 15 when you're Usually done? Usually it's half and half, right? So it'd be twelve fifty. One time I had to go to Chad and break up a heroin ring, and I, yeah, it was, I got half first. Right. You got 1250 half. Is, uh, here that's the Global Airways, but it's Ethiopian Airways, and they were very cooperative in making this film. No shit, man. That's interesting. Flying the crew over for free. But they don't, that air, the exterior airplane shop, I'm playing the, the, the passenger, his fellow passenger just starts talking. That exterior shot was like uh, not their airline and they were able to furnish the movie? Yeah, I don't know. It said Global Airlines, but it was Ethiopian Airlines that... Maybe legally they just don't want to do it. I mean, the interior shots are cool. So this is shot in a real airplane. Yeah, this right. is shot on yeah, Ethiopian air, airplanes, and most of this is shot in Addis Ababa, which I always think of uh, Lex Luthor telling Cletus, uh -huh. Are we going to Addis Ababa, Mr. Luthor? 
<laughs> you remember that, right? Yeah. Is that Ned Beatty? That's your Ned Beatty? Yeah, Ned Beatty. Yeah. <laughs> That's so catty, man. Yeah. They, there was a meteorite of kryptonite there, and they had to go get it. Okay, so they've landed now. This is really the Ethiopian... Okay, so yeah, we're not going to see it. So we won't see the kryptonite. This is a different location. Yeah, the kryptonite, I guess that was... That was 1980s, Superman? Oh, all right. So that was... No, 79. Unless okay, so yeah. we're, we're still years away. Right. Yeah, you're absolutely right, because after Africa was beforehand in 73. So the, the kryptonite hadn't landed. All right, restroom. And there's a, uh, a maid... And there will be no rest for Shaft in this restroom. You will see. His Shaft. Oh, look at that. She just walks in there, the maid. You guys keep peeing. I'm going to just uh, mop up the floor. Oh, kind of a burly. Uh... She's trying not to look. But wait. It's not even a she. Oh, it's a thug. Or whoever. They gave her a hard time about going into this restroom. It was before the day of. Yeah, politics So they shot him and there was blood, but there's blood uh, gun holes with no streaming blood. Right. And he's just dead, dead, dead. Not even... uh, Right, he's not living through it. I'm out of here. Now we find out that the guy who was a stranger on the plane really was an agent to protect Shaft. Oh, yeah, he's the one who shot him. Go catch your plane to Addis. Huh. These bathroom stalls are like separate rooms. It, yeah, I, actually, anytime I've ever gone to, well, I don't want to start talking shit, but many times when I've been to Europe, the bathroom was not a stall like ours. It was a, it, it was a stall, but it was sealed. It was like a like a separate room. That's cool. Okay, so now our bad guy is mad. Oh, he's back that Jack wasn't killed, and he's blaming the the double agent. Oh yeah, there's the double agent. So this is the first time now. Now the reveal is here. That's the double agent. Yeah, and the thing is, like, it's hardly a reveal. I don't know. This is in this whole movie. There's no like mystery. What was it? It gets explained every every step of the way. Shaft's assignment is to go undercover and pose as an immigrant trying to get work and going through this right. this uh, human trafficking system. And right. You're saying that the moment this film starts, they pretty much know exactly who this this spy is going to be. So there's no like yeah. yeah. And that's why the the layover from hell. There he is. I just have a of a home of kryptonite it was the home of kryptonite it was the home of live aid uh, help right here now Ethiopia was very very cooperative the navy the army they met with that uh, Haile Selassie oh yeah Haile Selassie Haile Selassie he's um, revered by the Rastafarians back in in the 80s I don't know today well that's cool they had two audiences with him and he was like Shaft sure no problem yeah well you know it's like Shaft was such a pop culture phenomenon Um, worldwide I'm sure so I'm sure that's pretty exciting All right. well here we are we get to get some views as he drives up this is Addis Ababa for real and there was like an uprising going on at the time so they had to have protection from the army Oh, so that's why the army was involved, so they could shoot their little film while a revolution right. was occurring. 
and the navy to protect the ships you'll see the ships as their that's so crazy oh yeah. like for human trafficking that we go from truck to ship now we see a tamed lion hey I sort of feel like it's leo from the first scene <laughs> but i think it's like some sort of symbolism like a tame lion you know like oh i see like just lying around he's lying around now look he's gonna roar at him i would be so scared I would not want to be on the set on the set with a lion, no matter how right. tranquilized that lion is. Yeah, good cue. You did it. That's because the train. Now he slips him a, a ticket that's like, "Here's your photo," but it's really like where he's going to meet. Oh, I that, see. Uh, Greek actor. Wouldn't it been easier? Wouldn't it be easier without the lion? Can you give me this without the lion? <laughs> lying around. Should I trust this uh, thing? It, it might be lion. Ibex Ibex is the store Ibex is the right place <laughs> Alright The exciting I'm gonna go with this store scene Now he's gonna get like James Bond stuff And he's gonna say Hey man I'm the James Bond I'm that incident at all Like Mike Hammer What was Oh uh Like uh, Sam Spade We saw that yeah, in the trailer last say. week I'm not James Bond I'm Sam Spade that was, I mean, he said that in the first movie, which, you know, kind of had a punch to it, but now it so just seems So he goes to silly. the cleaning woman there. Remember, a cleaning woman just shot him. He goes, can you trust her? Because I'm never trusting the cleaning lady again. Shaft, Shaft's killing it. I would love to see Shaft live. You think now, look, she, he just went to a bar, right. a place of business, that's and 70s. poured himself a drink for free. That's, that's the 70s. You know? I, I, a, guess, I think it's more like movies. Movie, right? Because if your friend did that, you'd be like, "You gotta slow down, friend." <laughs> In the movies, they don't pay for the restaurant. They don't pay for hardly anything, but they always seem to pay for the taxi cab. Well, I think right now it's apply. Oh, right, yeah, they do it in a very graceful manner. Here you go, Bell. Like, I'm, and keep the change. Keep the change. keep the change. I walked out of the cab without paying you, and then I walked to the window of your of your spot and gave you a roll of money and told you to keep the change. Thanks, man. Thanks for circumventing me. <laughs> oh, this walking stick has some shit inside. Explosives? Gun? Hold on Camera. one moment. I'll be right back. Okay. Let's get this movie cranking. You'll beg with me. And take this one. The walking stick There's has like a here. spy. All right, it's a bag. And this. What is it? What you buy me? Ooh, 1970s tape recorder. Turn clockwise. To stop okay, recording. here I am. Once okay. again, I was saying goodbye to Sun. So, oh, yeah. It's, the, it's a regular feature on our Oh, yeah. Podcast. We give away. Uh, we pull behind the curtain here and there. So he just showed a secret agent bag that has a clickable tape recorder. Yeah, right. Yeah. You, and you saw the camera in the stick. The ca that was a camera. Okay, I thought it might have been like a laser beam gun or something. Now he's like, how about some heat? What? How about a piece? What? Uh, even, <laughs> right now. Because why not? You, like, what's he going to do? He's going to walk with that stick, right? But that's a fighting stick or a walking stick? It's a fighting stick he will use for walking. But just like I'm, just, I'm just saying, if you were walking down the street and you saw someone with a, a fighting stick walking down the street, or I've seen guys walking with knives down the street, yeah. there's only one thing I think of. It's like defense. <laughs> And it makes sense if you're carrying a gun, right? Because, you you know, I need a gun in case, you know, a, a, something happens at the bar. 
But it's just like he's going to walk around with like a fighting stick, like a katana. No, but in he's now going to go into the villages of Ethiopia, and they all have them. All right, but he's I'm just saying going that. Going to go. Right. Let's see here. Okay, fair enough. There's real tribes. Uh, the Rashida and the Konosos tribe uh, helped them pick locations and worked with them. And, yeah, let me just look here. Yeah, a lot of unrest because of the independence movement, especially in the north. I don't know what that means. I'm not belittling the idea uh, if, if everyone walks around with them. I'm just saying I would be, like, super nervous. Okay, now this guy just saw Shaft leave, and then later on, he's going to be the one signing up Shaft for, um, you know, to get the job. So it kind of doesn't make sense. He knows he's a spy. I didn't get it. Oh, so he knows Shaft is a spy, but Shaft is, like, sneaking in and pretending to be a guy who wants a job, and he's going to yeah, approach that guy, and that guy's going to play along. The guy who signs him up knows. I don't get it. So they both play along. That's so weird. Now, you can see there's a female within Shaft's uh, yeah, well, he was staring at her while she was putting makeup on. So, of course, she will fall for sure. Hey, he's that creepy white guy. That doesn't She just said, oh, he said hi, and now she's just chit-chatting with him. He's speaking her language, and Jack knows a little of it because he trained. Right, two weeks before he left. Oh, look at that sheep on the side of the road. It's pretty cool. From before. Did you see how the sheep scattered? Because it was sheepish. Yeah, it was a little sheepish. Now, this is a place called Harir. You know, that happens and a lot. It's the same old sheep. <laughs> so in, in Africa, they have... Oh, I was. you'll probably consider that racist and judge me, so I won't no. say it. It doesn't matter. Well, so all right, so, so they're still on the bus. If you want to say later, that's fine. Well, we can say. Well, that you day. know, what, it's a sheep, right? So yeah. What kinds of sheep would you see in Africa? Are you gonna say black sheep? You said it. That's I said it. This Mike. All right, let's. Uh, all right, yeah, it was fell on me. <laughs> uh, uh, I just want to say something, by the way, that's irrelevant. Um, right. On our YouTube channel, we don't get a lot of views, you know, 16, 23. But okay. some have more views than others, and it's the ones that have words in the titles that are sexual. Interesting. Frankenhooker has 103 views. Okay, that has This Hooker, News right? World has 210 views. That's 210 people who watched a movie they didn't need to see. They were probably looking up the word nude and clicked on yeah. the link and... Look at that, he just okay, killed a now, man on the bus. The guy to attack well, him with the a knife. Well, the man tried to attack him. So I'm saying, like, he walked around with a knife the whole time. 